hello and welcome to the podcast. Alrighty, so today we're uh, we're back virtual, but we have some great guests today. So uh, I wanted to first say hello to Dan, our co-host. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, Paul. All right, exciting stuff today. So today we are speaking with some folks from HRSA about their ERM program, and what better guests to have than Liz DeVos and Cynthia Boss. So Liz, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. All right. Well, why don't we just start off, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us about yourself, and then we'll have Cynthia kind of do the same thing. I'm sure. My name is Liz DeVos, and I'm the Chief Financial Officer at the Health Resources and Services Administration, or as you said, Paul, we call it HRSA. I've been in my current position as CFO since 2019 and previously started at HRSA in 2014 as the Budget Officer. Um, for the agency. I have over 20 years of government service, and my expertise is in budget and financial management. All right. How about Cynthia? Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Cynthia Baugh. I'm the Social Administrator of the Office of Federal Assistance Management. You may hear it called OFAM throughout today. And I'm also the Chief Grants Management Officer for HRSA. I've been with HRSA since uh, November 2019, and I have 27 years of of federal experience around grants, contracts, and financial management. I'm happy to be here today. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think we want to start off, uh, maybe Liz, uh, just to give us give our audience a little bit more information about HRSA itself, you know, your mission, your role there as a CFO, and then we'll kind of get some info from Cynthia on her role as well. Right. HRSA's mission is to improve health outcomes and achieve health equity through access to quality services, a skilled health workforce, and innovative high-value programs. That's our mission. Um, our agency is dedicated to providing equitable health care to the nation's highest-need communities. Tens of millions of Americans receive quality, affordable health care services um, through HRSA's 90-plus programs and more than 3,000 grantees. Um, <clears throat> just last year, um, as an example, our agency served 30 million people in underserved communities, more than 58 million pregnant women, infants, and children, and more than 1,500 rural counties and municipalities across the country. As an organization, HRSA is headquartered in Rockville, Maryland, and we have about 2,600 staff. Our annual budget is just over $14 billion, and the majority of our funds are really directed to grants, cooperative agreements, and loan programs. Um, as a CFO, um, I direct the Office of Budget and Finance, and my office's role is to establish financial policy conduct oversight on agency budget issues, and provide assistance and advice to HRSA leadership on budget and financial matters, including enterprise risk management. Um, while my office oversees a lot of what you would think of as the traditional CFO functions, um, I'm thrilled that we also have enterprise risk management as part of our work here at HRSA. Yeah, that's now great. Now kick it off to Cynthia. Yeah, please, <laughs> Cynthia. What, tell us more about what you do, Cynthia. Well, for OFAM, like I said, the Office of Federal Assistance Management, um, I have about 200 staff that support the agency throughout the complete grant life cycle, and you probably have heard cradle to grave. So anywhere from like the notice of funding opportunities going out where we solicit applications, actually we review the application, we have objective review committees, and actually we have a team, one of my largest teams of grant management operations, we deal with making the awards and dealing with post-award management. But one of the critical functions we have is oversight functions dealing with, you know, financial integrity and also dealing with the audits. And we have a robust system of looking at data and we utilize business systems and operations. 
So in FY22, we processed over $13 billion, and that was about over about 45,000 actions, um, like Liz said, up to about 3,000 awardees. So we mainly function with grants, cooperative agreements, loans, loan awards. So we do a lot to support the agency, but our real success is our collaboration with the bureaus and offices. We work closely with them with a diverse a portfolio of programs. We have a lot of existing programs, but we've also embarked on some new programs as well. Um, one thing I want to mention of note, we've been working with our colleagues across HHS to increase access to improve the quality of our HRSA grant portfolio. Uh, with that note that I mentioned earlier, we're trying to have more plain language documents that are readable, to make them a little bit more short, streamline some of our processes and actually reduce the burden on a lot of our applicants. And in addition to partner with our HRSA uh, bureaus and offices, we work closely with the department and doing a lot of the work that we do to streamline processes. So that's in a nutshell of what my office does. All right. Sounds like you're pretty busy there. <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, well, first question for you all. Um, I wanted to see if you could give our audience a little bit of, uh, you know, insight into High level, starting high level, some of the general risks or challenges that HRSA specifically, you know, um, has to is challenged with, and you know, maybe some internal controls or risk management around that so far. Um, and I was thinking maybe Liz, you could kind of give us some insight from that enterprise level. Uh, yeah, thank you for this question. Um, I'll start off and. To be honest, the general risks and challenges that face HRSA are probably not much different than other government agencies. Um, for example, we have um, what I like to call financial and budget risks. So in 29, FY 2019, HRSA's total obligations were um, a little over $10 billion. And just three years later in FY 2022, our obligations were over $51 billion, so five times the amount in just three years. So the increase in our budget, especially um, with um, pandemic relief funds, does result in increases in sort of the financial management risks at my office and that others in HRSA very closely oversee. Um, the second area is around staffing and human resources with rapid budget growth and program growth. Um, our agency is faced with some of the traditional staffing and human resources risks that I'm sure many um, federal agencies are facing across government, getting enough high-quality staff so that current staff are not stressed and overworked, um, focusing on ways to retain current staff and, and ways to really just um, ensure they have the skills and, and abilities to meet the work that we have here of the future as well. Um, the third area that I'll highlight is one that I know is on everybody's radar. That's cybersecurity. So um, our increased dependency on technology, uh, data sharing, collaboration tools, and platforms really increases the likelihood that uh, and, and the potential impact of security incidents. And so this is an incredibly high priority for our agency and our agency's leadership. And we are really committed to keeping our system safe, safe through a variety of investments and strategies that we've put in place to mitigate those risks. Um, you also asked about the internal controls we have in place. Um, HRSA has entity-level controls for all of our major transaction cycles, grants management, uh, procure to pay. We have um, financial management, budget execution. Um, and these are our critical transactions and lines of business that really cross-cut most of the work that we do here at HRSA. Um, over the past um, three years, though, we've also established new internal controls 
and even new transaction cycles for new programs um, as they were needed, such as the pandemic relief programs. Um, in some cases, we needed new, new controls, uh, new ways to monitor um, the performance of those programs, um, as well as using the controls that we already had in place for many years. Um, we tested these key internal controls and with it all the sub-processes, and so we do that on an annual basis. Um, I will say, though, when, it look, when we look at risks and challenges affecting HRSA, uh, you've probably already uh, picked this up from our responses, but HRSA is unique in that it's primarily a grant-making agency. And so at this point, I'm going to let Cynthia speak a little bit more specifically about the strong processes and internal controls we have in place related to the grants management. Okay, thank you, Liz. Um, like I said, I came on board in November 2019 and COVID hit a couple months later. So it had a big significant impact on HRSA's programs and how we manage risk, uh, how we manage risk. And then we had to get funds out the door really, really quickly. So one of the biggest uh, key things, there's three key things I wanna talk about is around the people, the systems and the money we had to get out the door. And I think HRSA's biggest um, impact of success was the people. We had, HRSA has a committed workforce of getting the dollars out the door. So we're a lot heavily on them to, to foster the relationships that were already in place to make things happen in a very timely manner. Uh, the teams work together to come up with like innovative ideas and solutions. We had always been doing a great work, but we had to think about how can we do things more quickly to get the dollars out the door. So those relationships that have been built over the years before I got to HRSA was really beneficial to make that happen. And also uh, bridging the strong relationship that I had with the Office of Budget, like what can we do to make this happen? Um, one of the other areas is money. That was a key driving force. Because I think between FY27 and 20, we averaged about $10 billion annually. And in FY21, we awarded over $19 billion in federal assistance. So that was the largest dollar amount that um, that HRSA, especially OFAM, had ever awarded. And a lot of that was contributed to like $8.1 billion of, of COVID response from the American Rescue Plan. So getting that amount of dollars out the door really fast, we had to think about innovative ways of doing that. We couldn't avoid the risk because we had to get the money out the door. So we had to come up with ways, how can we get out the money out the door and reduce the risk? And one of the key driving forces, like making it happen quickly. So we leveraged our relationships that we had with our grant management systems and our platforms and worked closely with our Office of Information Technology to make it happen. So um, I think that was one of the key, key things. It made us look at what is our risk appetite to really make that happen, uh, to move quickly and also be good stewards of federal funds. A lot of things we fell back on was internal controls we had in place already for our grant management cycles. So we had a lot of things in place. We It gave us opportunity to go back and revisit and look, so what can we do to increase the controls we have in place and to move swiftly? And time wasn't really on our side because we had dollars to get out the door to you know underserved communities who really needed this to make an impact with the pandemic. So working closely with the great staff that we have in place, leveraging the systems that we have and getting those dollars out the door in a timely manner was one of the, the key risks that we had to manage. So we did all that we could to kind of reduce the amount of risk because we couldn't avoid it because the agency, like, I, like Liz stated, we're a grant-making agency, and that was our goal to get the dollars out the door. So I heard you both touch on internal controls. I guess, Liz, I'm interested in are your ERM and internal controls programs integrated, or how do they work with each other there? Uh, that's a great question. Um, both our ERM and internal controls programs are integrated. And so we have at, Her at HRSA, we have established 
um, an ERM core team to provide leadership and technical expertise for the HRSA ERM program. Um, and so Cynthia and her team are part of that. Um, I have folks that are on that team that lead that team as well, as well as other partners across the agency. Um, we also have from a financial management internal controls perspective, our senior assessment team. That team provides oversight for internal controls, payment integrity assessments, and ERM program efforts. And so the, these um, ERM is, is really um, overseen and kind of reviewed at, at, in, at both of these levels. And so it's really important, I think, to just bring these two concepts together. So we've integrated and aligned these efforts so we can learn from the past performance that we're, um, you know, that we assess through our internal control process as we establish a forward-looking risk-aware culture going forward in HRSA. And so having folks that know the internal controls, know what the performance is on those controls, um, can help us really think forward in terms of what risks are on the horizon, how we mitigate those risks going forward. And so that's how we've integrated it here at HRSA. Oh, no, sounds wonderful. So, Cynthia, you were talking earlier about how HRSA is mainly a grant-making agency. I'm wondering if you could kind of give us some of the high risks that are unique to HRSA and, and how you guys kind of strategize to mitigate those risks. Well, one of the areas I can talk about is our grant management systems and technology. Um, getting those type of dollars at the door in a quick manner, we have to depend on a lot of coordination and collaboration across HRSA. My Office of Systems and Data, they like leverage uh, leverage some of the processes that have been in place around modernization, and sometimes we had to do some quick upgrades to our system to make it happen. But we had the infrastructure in place to do that. One of the key, another key thing was like, we have a very experienced skilled workforce of grants. We have people from various walks of life. So they was able to actually look at areas, learn from past experience, what we could do to make this, make this, they make these dollars get out the door much quicker. Uh, HRSA had, HRSA specifically OFAM, we had a very strong, robust uh, uh, hybrid workforce when it came to telework. So it was easy for us to pivot to make that happen because a lot of our staff were used to that environment. So we capitalized on that. And another area was programmatic and financial integrity. We had a lot of things in place with our systems. So we looked at like, where can we use flexibilities? Where can we streamline from an integrity point of view and still meet the goals of HRSA? And one of some of the areas of how we mitigated the risk, we looked at the governance structures that we had in place. Um, we also focused on training and technical assistance and monitoring. We have something called the Federal Assistance Council. We call it the FAC. And that's one of our governance structure, how we, uh, have cross-cutting ideas across the agency, and we share with various bureaus and offices. We meet quarterly. We have representatives from all the bureaus. So we capitalize on a lot of the governors we had in place uh, for those relationships that was already built, uh, learning from some of the other bureaus and offices that had some strong processes in place. And as the chief grants management office, I was a chair, so oftentimes I had to call in some ad hoc meetings to have conversations about what can we do to move things in a timely manner. And another area was like training. Um, inside of, of OFAM and across HRSA, we implemented a cross training. So as we, we was also concerned about the health and welfare of our staff. So as we may have a, a, a vacancies in one area, we had cross trained staff so they can step in and just pick up. So when this emergency happened, we were well prepared for a lot of the knowledge that also had been shared across OFAM. And we also have project officer training. We work with our HRSA's Institute of, uh, we call it HSI, HRSA's Learning Institute. And that's an area where they provide training to project officers because it's not just like the business side. We relied on recommendations from program to move things swiftly. 
And in the area of training, we have a mechanism that we continue throughout COVID. We call it the Healthy Grants Workshop, where we uh, reached out to our existing um, um, recipients to share information. So we normally would do like three meetings a year in person. We did a quick pivot and we transitioned that and we did uh, virtual workshops. So our recipients could learn how to still maintain the quality of managing um, their, their grants management portfolio. And lastly, I want to mention is like technical assistance. We, uh, we continue with our technical assistance. Uh, we pivoted to do virtual site visits, virtual uh, financial technical assistance, and also dealing with delinquent audits. So I can say in the past three years, we've, we've learned a lot from COVID. So we're going to institute some of those areas where we pivoted to reach more recipients. Because normally with our Healthy Grants Workshop, we would only uh, reach about maybe five to 800 people. We reached over 4,000 um, recipients. Some was existing to HRSA. Some was new that, that tapped into Healthy Grants Workshop. So we learned from that. So as we move forward, we are, we're going to pivot and can kind of keep a hybrid model as we move forward. That's great. Yeah, continuous learning is very important. So. Cynthia, earlier I heard you mention risk appetite statements. So, Liz, can I start with you and say, do you guys have a risk appetite statement, and, and how do you work with those? And then we can pivot to Cynthia. Um, so, um, I'll be honest. Well, HRSA doesn't have what I would call a formal risk, like enterprise-wide risk appetite statement. We do what we do is we have um, at the leadership level um, a governance board called the Enterprise Governance Board, which is comprised of senior executives across the agency, such as our Bureau Associate Administrators and our Office Directors. It's actually chaired by our Chief Operating Officer. Cynthia is a member of this board. I'm a member of this board as well. And this is really the venue where we, where enterprise risks are identified. Uh, they're shared with executives to really help inform uh, risk-based decision-making uh, by agency senior leadership. And, and ERM is a part of the charter of this board, to be honest with you. It's, it's something that the board um, aligns with uh, grants management and other processes that it sort of oversees at a leadership level. And so I think there's um, a really uh, a common understanding among executives that to fulfill our mission, we must accept some risk when it comes to some of our programs to carry out our mission, right? Um, and to carry out the work that we do in underserved communities. However, we um, have um, this venue to discuss risk management, and we also track performance and other metrics to provide um, executives and, and other leaders across the agency real-time monitoring of financial, operational, and programmatic risk to address any concerns we identify in a timely manner. And so that's kind of how we've sort of operationalized that this in, in HRSA. And I can chime in. <laughs> Yeah, so I want to say, you know, like like Liz stated that, you know, as a federal grant-making agency, we do have to accept some level of risk, but we do all we can to try to mitigate that risk wherever possible. Sometimes I say OFAM is like risk-ready, that we have contingency plans that we have in place, so if we have to move quickly, we've had um, some, some processes and procedures that kind of like tested so we can like speed those up. So administering grants, you know, over the years, it gives you a clear understanding of what works and what doesn't work. So we did learn a lot from COVID. So I consider like HRSA, we're a, 
a learning organization as we lead forward. Some things went well, some things we could have done better, but I think we learned from that, and I think we are prepared to be more efficient as we move forward in the future because we had a lot of SOPs and processes documented, but this gave us the opportunity to go back and look and see where can we streamline e even further uh, to benefit the agency. So I can say we a lesson, a lot of lessons were learned from from COVID and hopefully we'll be prepared if something like this happens again. But I'm trying to get my staff to be more innovative, think far, but also uh, balance that out with like managing risk. So you want to be innovative, but you don't want to get too reckless, but you also want to just think about how you can leverage the innovation to uh, just to move the agency forward. Yeah. And I'll jump in here. So, and this kind of goes to that and other guidance or ideas, um, you know, HHS itself, right, has has some ERM support and for for the optives, you guys. Um, just curious, what how how is your interaction with HHS's uh, ERM program there? Uh, we uh, I, I can jump in and answer this question. We actively engage with HHS's ERM program um, at the department level. Um, HHS supports a, a department wide ERM implementation through um, the HHS ERM Council. Uh, which consists of senior career executives across the department. I'm a member of that council for, for and I, uh, on behalf of HRSA. The, the ERM council provides kind of internal forum for sharing and coordinating department-wide risk management efforts. One thing that I think is really great about HHS's approach to ERM is that it really gives um, each operating division a lot of space and flexibility to make ERM work in our different operating cultures. Um, HHS has such a diverse mission. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about what HRSA does in terms of uh, being primarily a grant-making agency and focusing on our um, efforts to support underserved communities. But HHS includes other operating divisions such as FDA and NIH, which just have much different missions than HRSA. And so um, at the department level, it really supports um, HHS's ability to deliver on its mission to enhance and protect the health and well-being of all Americans from, from all these different uh, mechanisms that the operating divisions use. Um, and by incorporating these practices into our daily operations, um, I think at the department level, HHS has really enhanced its speed and agility um, to adapt in uncertainties like such as the pandemic that may have otherwise really impacted um, our ability to execute on the mission to achieve goals and meet objectives. And they've really done a fantastic job in pulling um, executives across the agency together to look at issues such as the ones I raised in our early discussion about the, the risks and challenges facing HRSA that are really cross-cutting across all government agencies and all operating divisions in HHS, such as human resources. Right, yeah. And I mean, obviously, <laughs> with the pandemic, I'm sure HHS was one of the you know, that's one of the biggest concerns across a lot of the optives. And, yeah, I mean, you guys are all so big that you it makes sense you have your own programs. And we've had NIH, FDA on the podcast. And even they have a challenge because they're so big, they have to go across all their divisions and institutes. But, uh, but yeah, it's a fascinating uh, ERM network you guys got over there. Um, so I did want to ask you one follow-on here, Liz. Uh, just curious, how would you – where would you say you rate you, yourself as far as your ERM maturity level for HRSA? So my understanding is that we have begun to sneak into entry into maybe level four maturity based on the CFO Council's ERM playbook. And that's due to an effort that we began last year to try to look at how to integrate 
enterprise risk management with our annual resource ma resource management and planning activities. So looking at the interface with uh, planning for our funding and how that what what the risks and how we're planning to mitigate risks with that funding looks like. And so this is something that we recently initiated. Um, and so we are planning to do more with this approach in the coming year, but we've really just, like I said, put our, our toes out there in terms of sort of that, that integration of ERM and resource planning. Uh, additionally, our agencies begun to look at risk as part of the evaluation process as well. And that really cuts across all of HRSA program areas. And so those are the areas that I think we've been um, sort of pushing on here at HRSA at the enterprise level to move us forward on, on maturity. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, using using the info for for strategy and budgets. I mean, that's the that's one of the big parts of it. That's great. Um, and then, yeah, Cynthia, I had one more question for you here. Uh, I think Dan has one after that. Uh, just you know, again, kind of a high level question, but you know, what, is there anything you'd like to accomplish? You'd like to see the program accomplish in the next uh, couple years? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't say this lightly. You know, I want the grants office and HERS to be the best of the best, to be the best in government. And one of the, the couple of the areas that I focus on to achieve this through OFAM priorities is around efficiencies, talent management, and customer service. I talked earlier a little bit about how we want to implement um, strategic business practices around SOPs and guidance documents, reducing the risk, and just improving the quality of work that we do to be able to support the bureaus and offices. So that's what one of the goals I want to do, reduce the burden. How can we make things more simple, more efficient? And, and, then, and when we look at particular areas, how can we actually mitigate the risk or reduce risk? Because we really can't eliminate risk in, in the world that we're in. And one of our key benefits is talent management. How do we retain the best workforce that we can, we have uh, in HRSA and also attract new talent? And have um, that's why I'm focusing on cross-training, making sure we have a diverse workforce to be able to meet the demands uh, of the agency. And most importantly, a lot of times people take this likely, is customer service. How can we provide high-quality customer service and come up with timely, accurate solutions to support the HRSA mission? So those are the things that I'm looking at to focus on. But a couple of other key areas that we're taking another look at our risk register. We had a, a risk register in place. So after COVID, as, as things are winding down, we're looking at opportunities for improvement. What can we change? What steps can we eliminate? We're integrating results from our A123 internal controls testing to mitigate those risks in our grant management operation systems. And we're just looking at ways that we can be more efficient to be able to, um, to serve HRSA and HHS. Great. Thank you. So you said you want to be the best of the best. So yes. I don't want you to give away any of your secrets or anything, but do you have any tips for our audience, any tips on what you've done, any lessons learned, or anything you want to conclude with? And then we can kick that over to Liz, too. Well, one of the critical things I said, I think the tone at the top is very important when you talk about being the best of the best, having those conversations, um, talking about enterprise risk management, not just only in your unit, but across units, across your organization. I think that's what it takes. And the key for this success, and I believe uh, at HRSA that I found in the three years I've been here, is the people. HRSA has one of the most group of committed people I've ever seen. And in the grants management office, we have the skills and the talent to be the best of the best. So I would encourage other folks, have those conversations throughout your organizations, set a positive tone at the top for the change you're trying to make, and make your staff be a part of those uh, crucial decisions as you move towards excellence. So that's what I'm trying to do here at HRSA. That's great. And, and Liz, do you have any comments on that? I'm just going to almost echo what Cynthia said. I always tell, um, you know, folks outside of our agency that 
that HRSA is the best when it comes to collaboration and communication um, that combined with strong processes and internal controls and a really strong commitment to mission uh, just make our agency a, a fabulous place to work because it's a learning environment and, and everybody is committed to the organization's success. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we need to make risk-informed decisions in order to fill HRSA's critical mission um, of providing health care to the nation's highest need communities. And that means we have to accept some risk, but that we also need to keep our eyes open of what's coming in the future and what we've learned in the past to really mitigate that in a way that we can be successful. All right. Well, Liz, Cynthia, I'm, this was great. I really appreciate you taking the time to walk us through your program. I know our audience appreciates it. Hopefully get some great ideas from you all. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having us.